0: Hello and welcome to the Inspired for Life podcast series brought to you by Community Life Center in Warsaw, Indiana. This week we'll be talking with Dr. Dan Cox about becoming a people person and building those relationships around you that matter. Stay tuned, you won't want to miss it. Inspired for Life is a ministry of Community Life Center here in Warsaw, Indiana. Make sure you check us out on the World Wide Web at www.communitylifectr.com. If you have any questions or comments you'd like us to address on our next podcast, send us an email, podcast at communitylifectr.com.
1: Welcome to Inspired for Life. Thank you for joining our podcast today. Our subject is, in part one, is what draws people to me? Now you need to put yourself in that question and ask yourself, what draws people to me? In other words, understanding the qualities you enjoy in others. The basis of life is people and how they relate to each other. Our success fulfillment, and happiness depends upon our ability to relate effectively. The best way to come to a person that others are drawn to is to develop qualities that we are attracted to in others. When special people touch our lives, then suddenly we see how beautiful and wonderful our world can really be. They show us that our special hopes and dreams can take us far from helping us into areas that will develop an even better person. They bless us with their love and joy through everything they give. When special people touch our lives, they teach us how to live. There is a poster in the department store of Nordstrom. It says this, The only difference between stores is the way they treat their customers. Now that's a bold statement. Most stores would advertise the quality of their merchandise or the wide selection as what sets them apart from the rest of the people. The difference between Nordstrom and other stores, according to an employee of the competition, is that other stores are organizational oriented. Nordstrom is people oriented. Their employees are trained to respond quickly and kindly to customer complaints. As a result, according to a writer, Nordstrom doesn't have customers, it has fans. A study by Technical Assistance Research Programs at Washington, D.C. shows that most customers won't complain to management if something goes wrong with their purchase. But the same research company found out that depending on the severity of the problem, an average customer will tell between 9 and 16 friends and acquaintances about his bad experience. Some 13% will tell others than 20 people. More than 2 out of 3 customers won't receive poor service, will never buy from that store again, and worse management will never know why. Every company is bound to have goofs now and then. But from the customer's perspective, what's important is that the company responds. This is the secret of the Nordstrom success. The study shows also that 95% of the dissatisfied customers will buy from the store again if their problems are solved quickly. Even better, they will tell eight people of the situation of a happy conclusion. The trick for managers and salespeople is to give customers ample time to offer feedback on the service they receive. Now, this podcast certainly isn't about department stores and customer satisfaction, but there are some principles from these reports that should speak to us about our relationships with others. Number one, are we quick to respond to others' needs? Two, do we run from problems or do we face them? Three, do we talk more about bad news or good news? Number four, do we give people the benefit of the doubt or do we assume the worst? There is a golden rule. What's the key to relating to others? It's putting yourself in someone else's place instead of putting them in their place. Christ, Jesus, gave the perfect rule for establishing quality human relationships. We call it the golden rule, a name it got sometime around the 17th century. Near the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Christ summed up a series of profound thoughts on human conduct by saying, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do so for them. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 12. In this brief command, Christ taught us a couple of things about developing relationships with others. We need to decide how we want to be treated. Then we need to begin treating others in that same manner. Whatever your position in a relationship, if you are aware of a problem, it's your responsibility to make a concerted effort to create a positive change. Quit pointing your finger and making excuses and try being a catalyst by demonstrating and initiating an appropriate behavior. Determine not to be a reactor, but an initiator. Five ways that you want others to treat you is very interesting. Now, these five points seem too simple to even mention, but somehow we overlook them. The qualities that make relationships right aren't complicated at all. There's not a person that begins to understand this principle does not find that by following some of these things, their life and relationship turns out very well. First, you want others to encourage you. There is no better excuse for strengthening the heart than reaching down and lifting people up. Think about it. Most of your best friends are those who encourage you. You don't have many strong relationships with people who put you down. You avoid these people and seek out those who believe in you and lift you up. Seven years ago, Dr. Maxwell, in a book, began to develop some theories in situations that would turn out to be very positive in most people's lives. We come to a place in our relationship with other people that we have to understand by helping others, we help ourselves at the same time. And So this becomes a very strong principle in our lives. There's a story let me share with you very quickly. A man is named Eugene Lang. Eugene Lang gives us an ultimate example of encouragement. He's an amateur. Lang was successful in developing a new magazine called success magazine successful man of the year in 1986 the following is part of the feature article about lang's encouragement of others it goes like this let me share it with you a gray-haired man stands alone in the center of an auditorium stage a distinguished presence supporting a fine wool suit and uh, bears trace of a mustache He scans the sunlit room with its peeling paint and frayed draperies, but his gaze lingers on the people. They are black and Hispanic men and women who fill most of the seats in the auditorium. Though some do not speak English, their attention is fixed on the man at the platform, but his speech is not aimed at them. He has returned to this place where he once was a student To address the 61 sixth graders dressed in blue caps and gowns who are seated in front of him. He says, This is your first graduation. Just the perfect time to dream, he says. Dream of what you want to be, the kind of life you wish to build, and believe in that dream. Be prepared to work for it. Always remember each dream is important because it is your dream. It is your future, and it is worth working for. He said, you must study. You must learn. You must attend junior high school, high school, and then college. You can go to college. You must go to college. Stay in school. The speaker pauses, and then, as if suddenly inspired, he burst out with these words, I will give each of you a college scholarship. For a second, there is silence, and then a wave of emotion rolls over the crowd. All the people in the auditorium are on their feet, jumping and running and cheering and waving and hugging one another. Parents rush down the aisle to the children. What did he say? One mother calls out in Spanish. It's money, money for college, her daughter yells back with delight, collapsing into her parents' arms. The place was an elementary school in poverty, stricken poverty, drug addiction, despair, Harlem neighborhood. The speaker was a multimillionaire, Eugene Lang, who, 53 years earlier, had graduated from the very school. The date was June 25, 1981, on this particular day, that this momentum aspect of life changed so many. The big question was whether the warm and ever-confident Lang, a man who believes that each individual soul is of finite worth, finite dignity, would fulfill his promise. Well, he did, and he still is doing it. In fact, these kids are now getting ready to graduate from high school, and only one had dropped out of high school since the sixth grade. You have to understand, in this community, a poverty, disheartening, difficult life. Ninety percent of these kids normally drop out of high school. Mr. Lane began the I Have a Dream Foundation, and now other Entrepreneurs in New York City are also going into the classrooms offering the same kind of scholarships. Now, there are five to six hundred kids in Harlem who receive this reward if they don't drop out of school. People need to encourage other people. Mr. Lang believed in these kids, and it made all the difference in how they lived the rest of their lives. Mr. Lang, after he got through with this and through A few years later, some of the students begin to speak confidently of becoming architects, computer experts, entrepreneurs themselves. We find that people who have an opportunity and a chance to change their lives because someone else is helping them to change their lives. The happiest people are those who have invested their time in others. The unhappiest people are those who wonder how the world is going to make them happy we come to a place in our lives we have to unlock doors for others that doors may be open to us as well forget about yourself help others that's the secret of having an inspired life please tune in for part 2 of inspired for life
0: Thanks again for joining us on the Inspired for Life podcast series from Community Life Center. We look forward to connecting with you and your family real soon. You can always join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Also look us up online at www.communitylifectr.com.